Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday morning here at the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network as we get into kind of the weeds of the offseason. I I wanted to create a good topic for a a time period right now where there just isn't that much Nuggets news. Uh, Looks like Bull Bull is going to be signing a two-way contract, according to some sources with the Denver Nuggets media. Uh, looks like Nikola Jokic and the Serbian national team are really geared up and positioned to upset Team USA in the, in the FIBA World Cup this offseason, so that should be really interesting. Uh, Jokic is the best player between both of those teams. He's going to get buckets against whoever he performs against, uh, whichever Team USA big has to defend him. And one of the aspects of, of the United States having to defend a world power is usually they would double uh, one of the superstars. But my question with Team Serbia is who do you really double off of? They have a lot of impressive NBA talent. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovic is killing it. He's performing extremely well and being very, very efficient in his minutes in the friendlies so far. Uh, Nemanja Bialica, he really spaces the floor as a power forward. He's been really impressive. Stefan Jovic has been really impressive as well. Uh, he's the point guard for Team Serbia right now. He's been very good. Uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see if this Serbian team generates the right amount of offense with Jokic facilitating. They're going to get a lot of easy buckets against a Team USA team that just seems very vulnerable right now. Uh, on the other side of the ball, Team USA doesn't really have a great passer. Uh, they have Donovan Mitchell and Kemba Walker, who looks like they're going to be the starters on that team. And and while those guys are good scorers, I, I don't necessarily see them facilitating great offense without the help of somebody else. And maybe that's Chris Middleton, but I don't think he's performing that great right now. So that'll be really interesting to see. I'm I'm rooting for Team Serbia, rooting for Nikola Jokic. He um uh, he after kind of the the time that he had last offseason with the national team, uh he was v- he was very disappointed that he couldn't produce in for the for the Serbian national team in the international competitions. Uh it'll be interesting to see how how much success he can have with this group. I'm I'm looking forward to watching all of those games. They they should be nationally broadcast. So if so if you can tune in over the course of late August and September, then it's going to be a lot of fun. Also going to be fun to see Juancho Hernan Gomez and Mason Plumley on the national team rosters. Juancho looks like he's going to be a starter for Team Spain. Uh he'll play next to Marcus Gasol, he'll play with Ricky Rubio. Uh They've got a lot of other great talent as well. Sergio Lul 
is a former NBA player who like he's been he's been very talented across the across the Atlantic Ocean in the EuroLeague. So he's a very good player. Team Spain should have a lot of talent as well. They don't necessarily have the alpha dog that a guy like Nikola Jokic is or Greece's Giannis Antetokounmpo. But they have a really well-balanced team and a team that's played together for a lot of years. So they could also give Team USA some problems. Uh, and then Mason Plumley on the national team, I, I was surprised that he's, he's stuck it out as long as he has. He may not make the final cut. I know that there's one player who will be cut before uh, the national team goes across the sea to compete in China. But uh, we're just going to have to see who it is. I, I hope it's not Mason Plumley. He deserves a lot of shine, and he deserves the spotlight that the national team gets. Uh, he's been grinding it out on the Denver Nuggets bench, and a guy like that deserves to have some time to shine in the spotlight for, for what he does for the Nuggets that he can also do for the national team. The main focus of this podcast is going to be talking about the team offense. Uh, didn't know exactly where this was going to go, but I decided I wanted to talk about Denver's offense and then predict how they are going to perform in the 2019-2020 season. A lot of this is statistically based, and this is Nuggets numbers. Uh, there are some things that I will talk about statistically, and there's, there's some things I'm going to talk about in just floor dynamics and, and how certain players are going to play with each other, how health is going to really impact that, how the addition of Jeremy Grant is going to impact things. So that's going to be really fun. And we're going to start with kind of a, a breakdown and the three parts of the offense that I am most excited about. In the 2018-2019 season, uh, Denver ranked seventh in offensive rating, and that was last year. They scored 112 points per 100 possessions, which was pretty good, but it wasn't up to the standard that I think that Nuggets fans really were hoping for with a healthy Nikola Jokic. He was healthy for 80 games. He's, a, he's a, an offensive um, mastermind with how he creates offense for himself and others. Um, but every year the Nuggets have played through Jokic, they have been a top seven offense nationally. That's a really good track record. It says to me that as long as he's healthy, as long as the Nuggets have a healthy Nikola Jokic, who's kind of at his top form, the offense is going to be fine. There were a lot of factors last year that I think dragged down that number a little bit, including the the introduction of Isaiah Thomas into the bench unit for a few games, uh, reintroducing Gary Harris at various points when he was struggling with injury. Will Barton obviously struggled with his injuries. Uh, I thought Jamal Murray had a down year in efficiency as well, and I expect that to be a bounce back too. So there are some reasons for excitement for sure. First, we'll talk about Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray's growth. Uh, this was his second regular season, uh, third year overall. The first year during his rookie year, he was kind of served as the backup shooting guard. Uh, this was his second regular season as the primary guard playmaker for the Denver Nuggets. And to be honest, he was at a mediocre efficiency. Uh, that dropped. He was at 57.8 true shooting percentage in his 
the year prior, but this past year it was down to 53.9%. The average for true shooting percentage is about 55.5. So him being above average then to below average was a, a big reason for why Denver and with him being taking the second most amount of shots, why they didn't ultimately reach the higher levels of offensive efficiency. And again, he's not an elite passer by any stretch. I do think that he's getting better, and he's certainly improved in the playoffs. But there are still some things, some reads that he has to continue to make that he didn't necessarily make the entire time when he was uh, running the offense and, and being the primary ball handler. And that's that's a big role. Uh, Nikola Jokic likes to play the two-man game, and he also doesn't hold on to the ball for a super amount, super amount of time. He's not James Harden. He's not a uh, an isolation big like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Joel Embiid. He likes to have the ball in his hands, and occasionally he'll dominate the ball. But most of the time, he just gives it right back to the guard so that they can help create offensive possessions that are efficient. Uh, Jamal Murray really works into that. And as he continues to grow his game, I think the Nuggets will only get better. Uh, he showed signs of it in the playoffs. And I thought he did a really great job of limiting his turnovers in that situation. Uh, that's a really big deal with the Nuggets. And they, they were a high turnover team the previous year, dropped it down to about average this past season. And that's a big deal when you have a kind of a free spirit in Nikola Jokic. He loves to improvise. He loves to find the passing lanes that nobody else is seeing and, and change things up on occasion. So with Jamal Murray being able to keep his turnovers down, that was a really big help for Denver in the postseason, especially with how many, how much time Jamal Murray had with the ball in his hands. So this should be considered Murray's third year due to his age and being his third season as the starting point guard. And again, most point guards need a lot of time. Uh, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody that Murray is taking a little bit of time with this. He's trying to find the balance between how much he should be passing the ball in certain situations, when is the right time to take over as a scorer, as he continues to develop and get more experience and, and have more chemistry with the offense and the offense isn't revolving starters with, with injuries most of the time, then I think he's going to be really interesting. I think this, this could be a really big year for him. I think he's going to have an increase in points and increase in, in assists and hopefully the efficiency goes up as well. But if it doesn't, then, then we'll get back to that. Uh, the second part that I want to talk about that I'm excited about for the growth of the offense is a healthy Gary Harris and a healthy Will Barton. Denver was seventh in offense uh, with Harris and Barton having their worst offensive seasons in Denver for a while. The last time Gary Harris was this bad, this this inefficient in terms of offensive efficiency was his rookie season. And so him getting back to a point where he's healthy, he's performing in the role that the Nuggets need him to perform in, I think that's a really big step. And if he can get back and, and cause his, his true shooting percentage, kind of like Murray was below average this year, it was at 52.9%. Most of the time, Gary Harris is at or above 60%, which is a, a very efficient mark for a shooting guard. So if he can get back to that point, then I don't see any reason why Denver's offense should be the same or worse than they were this past year. 
Uh, same thing with Will Barton. Uh, he provides a little bit of everything for the offense. Uh, he has a lot of chemistry. Uh, he can continue to pass and play make. Uh, Denver needs that if they if they want to be a diverse offense that can handle the postseason. I will get to this more when I talk about things I'm concerned about, but I would love to see Will Barton continue to remain involved as a playmaker, as a passer, as an off-ball shooter. Uh, He's a really talented player and has a very versatile skill set. And at his best, the Nuggets have been really good. So the more that he can provide that, I think Denver will benefit from it for sure. Finally, the last part of the offense that I'm most excited about is the the addition of more floor spacing options at the small forward and power forward position. Michael Porter Jr. is a complete wild card. Uh, We don't know what, what... we're going to see from him, and anybody that says differently is just lying to you. But the one thing that guy can do is shoot. And if he can continue to provide a floor spacing option for Denver, uh, either behind the arc, uh, above the break, or maybe in the corners, uh, if he's a guy who can just shoot 40% on catch-and-shoot threes, then he's already providing a service for for spacing the Nikola Jokic-Jamal Murray pick-and-roll game. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be really interesting to see, and I think he's going to be a little bit more versatile than that as well. But the the forward spacing comes with the the ability to space the floor out to three, but also to be a threat at the rim where Denver can use him as a back cutter. They can use Jeremy Grant and Wancho Hernan Gomez as screeners and back cutters and guys who can stay in the short corner uh, to be able to space the floor for when Jokic decides he wants to post up and then drop the ball off for an easy two. Uh, those guys are, are have a more versatile skill set offensively uh, than I think Paul Millsap does in terms of where on the floor they most excel. Paul Millsap is a good isolation and post-up player, uh, but at this point, I'm not sure if that's what Denver needs, if that's if the goal is to provide the best possible, the most efficient offense that they can. Uh, we'll see what happens and whether they, they continue to go with that, but it's nice to have floor spacing options behind Paul Millsap and in Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Wancho Hernan Gomez, uh, Torrey Craig's jumper will probably continue to improve as he as he's in the league for more. He spent time with the USA Select team, uh, defending a lot of the Team USA guys, and I thought he performed pretty well in their scrimmages. So should be really interesting. And then the healthy wings with Gary Harris and Will Barton that should only offer more spacing, more shooting room for. A Nuggets team that was just an average three-point shooting team last year, but I think that they could be much better. So let's take a quick break, and when we when we come back, I will talk about the three parts of the offense I am most concerned about. Welcome back to Nuggets Numbers. Thank you for tuning in on this Wednesday morning. I know it's been a very dry offseason at this point, so thank you guys for tuning in. It's been a great time. Love to be putting out that content. Make sure to check out Denver Stiffs. I have an article up today, uh, a mailbag with a lot of the Denver Stiffs Twitter questions. So if you have any interest in leaving me a question, hit me up on Twitter, and I will include it in next week's mailbag. So uh, get let's get back into it. I talked about the three parts of the offense that I was most 
uh, excited about in the last segment. Now I want to talk about the three parts of the offense I'm most concerned about going in. Uh, that's going to be an interesting uh, look at mostly it's going to be about whether Denver's top players underperform or are injured. Uh, but the first one I want to talk about is the traditional versus fluid looks offensively. Uh, this past year, because of the injuries, Denver devolved, uh, not devolved, but they transitioned a little bit more into a traditional 1-5 pick and roll, featuring Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic, featuring Monte Morris and Mason Plumley. Those two combinations were really the, the center aspect of what Denver was doing. Uh, Jokic would be able to freestyle a little bit more and with handoffs when he wasn't doing that, or maybe with post-ups, but the majority of the offense centered around those two combinations. And while that's really fine for the regular season, uh, and especially when you, when you need to create a quick bucket, uh, a lot of the players on the fringes, I'm sure, were a little bit less comfortable with that. Uh, diversifying the offense will help Denver keep their players engaged, keep them fresh. I, I expect that Less reliance on Jamal Murray will help him develop, uh, will help him continue to be as efficient as he can be. And then when Denver's ready for it, he'll, he'll still be there for the playoffs this coming year, but, uh, Denver will potentially have other options that they can turn to. Maybe Gary Harris has a major resurgence when he has to come back and then when Denver needs a third scorer. Uh, I, I know that in game six and game seven of this past, uh, these past playoffs against the Portland Trailblazers, the Denver's biggest option was that they didn't really have a player that they could turn to other than Gary Harris and, or other than Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, excuse me. Uh, if they have another option, I think that they win that series and are in the conference finals. So going to be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, another part of the traditional versus fluid look, uh, Paul Millsap is more of a traditional four. Uh, he has the isolation and post-up capability. I, I talked about this in the previous segment a little bit with regard to the forward spacing options. Uh, one of the things that Denver does is they, they have Paul Millsap kind of at the top of the key slash at the kind of the break or the elbow area when, when he's working. He's not necessarily out of the place spacing the floor. Uh, when you look at some of the top offenses around the league, guys or teams like Milwaukee, they'll have Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez is a seven-footer, but he's usually standing when he's not involved primarily in the play. He's usually standing at 27, 28 feet, uh, spacing the floor for Giannis and for some of the other guards and wings. Uh, P.J. Tucker on the Houston Rockets is usually buried in the corner when, when he's uh, – when he's playing off the ball with James Harden and and Chris Paul running the show and guys like that. So I think Denver may need to experiment with shifting Paul Millsap's position into a more likely into a more likely spot where he can space the floor, whether that's in the short corner, whether that's in the actual corner. Uh, being at the elbow really congests the middle of the floor a little bit. And it wouldn't surprise me if Denver would benefit from having him being more in a position where he's spacing for other guys and then responding and catching on the offense rather than being a creator himself. Uh, 
that'll probably be the best for Denver's long-term future. It might not be the best in the short term, but I think that Denver, when when the playoffs roll around, when the offense kind of transitions into what it looks like centered around Nicole Jokic, Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, uh, I think that'll really help those guys. And having as much space as possible can't hurt, uh, especially when you put Jokic in the middle of the floor with options around him. That's going to be great for him. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, Jamal Murray's growth is the second part of the offense that I'm most concerned about. And if you're paying attention, Jamal Murray's growth was the most exciting part of the offense that I think is for the Nuggets this year. Uh, Jamal Murray's growth is one of the most exciting parts of the offense as well. So I'm cheating a little bit here because I think that he is a real swing piece for Denver. Uh, if you look at the elite offenses ahead of Denver, uh, all of them had a lead guard who was a higher trans, who was a higher true shooting percentage than Murray had this past year. Uh, you had Steph Curry with Golden State. You had Harden with Houston, Lillard in Portland, uh, Lowry and, and Bledsoe in Milwaukee and Toronto, Derek White even in, in San Antonio. All of those guys had a higher true shooting percentage than Murray did. A lot of that is because Murray has a lot of a lot to rely on, and a lot of those other guys are older veterans. But Derek White was a really good option as a as a complementary piece for Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge. He was kind of able to figure it out on the fly. Uh, I would hope that Murray either takes a step as a primary playmaker and just being a little bit more efficient in some of the same things that he's doing, or he takes a little bit of a, a step off the ball as opposed to just being only primarily an on-ball player with Jokic as, as kind of the the other part of that two-man duo. And both of those guys could then focus on involving other players. And when Jamal Murray is running off of screens and running uh, uh, off of spot-up attempts, he'll have more true shooting percentage opportunities where he can increase his true shooting percentage from three. Uh, that'll be a, a major benefit for Denver's offense that if Jamal Murray was instead a 58% true shooting percentage as opposed to 54 where he currently was, that's a big jump. And especially with as many minutes as Murray is going to play, as, as much usage as he's going to have, uh, that would be a big deal. So excited to see that. Excited to see whether he can continue to grow as an isolation player and a pick and roll player. A lot of his offense was mid-range focused, as I have talked about in previous articles, previous podcasts. Um, the more he continues to move his offense back behind the three-point line and then crash the crash the uh, restricted area when he's not doing that, the more efficient he's just going to be as a player. Uh, he can be a strong mid-range player, and I think that he should continue to explore that. But the more he's going to take three-point shots, the more he gets to the rim, the higher those percentages are. That's going to be the way he increases his true shooting percentage that high. Um, and then the final option for Denver uh, with regard to uh, the part that I'm most concerned about is a Jokic injury. A, a Nikola Jokic injury would set the Nuggets back. He's the, the MVP candidate. He is the fulcrum of what the offense does. 
uh, scores 20 points a game, averages seven assists. I expect both of those numbers to go up again this year, which is kind of crazy, but but that's just how it's going to be. Um, if he were to go down, the offense would be compromised, just given his large role. Uh, barring a major leap from Murray or a major resurgence from Harris or Barton, uh, those are the guys that could really affect it in the positive way. Uh, but I, even then, it could possibly like devolve into something really bad. Uh, if Jokic were to miss 15, 20 games, then that, that would be a real issue for Denver, and they might even miss the playoffs in that situation. Uh, you would hope not, but that's a, that's a situation that really exists. So, uh, Jokic is that good. He's that much of an MVP candidate, and I, I consider him a top five offensive player in the NBA. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but he just creates so much opportunity with how he plays for others. Uh, he's made a lot of people money in his career already. So going to be interesting to see how that works. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to create five predictions for the offense this upcoming season. We're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here on this Wednesday. Uh, talked about the offense. Three parts of the offense I'm more concerned about. Three parts that I'm really excited about. Uh, now let's get into prediction time. Uh, this offense I think is going to be really good. Uh, I have a lot of belief in Jamal Murray. I have a lot of belief in Nikola Jokic. I also have a lot of belief in Gary Harris. And because of that, I think that Denver is going to finish in the with the third best offensive rating behind Golden State and Milwaukee this upcoming year, uh, with Houston at fourth and Portland at fifth. Uh, Denver's offense is going to be better because most of the players are going to be better and healthier. Uh, with as young as Denver was, uh, with as battered as Denver was, I just can't see Denver struggling as much as they did and still getting the seventh this past year. Uh, Gary Harris is going to have a major resurgence, uh, whether it be because he's a little bit more healthy or whether he just actually gets better. He's still at the age where he can get better, and given the injuries that he had, it wouldn't surprise me if that helped Denver's offense immensely. So, And then other players are going to be more consistent. Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, uh, Jeremy Grant is going to be better than Trey Lyles, in my honest opinion. Uh, Nikola Jokic even could be better. Uh, I know that he set a really high standard last year, but I, I, I could see him having a moderate jump in terms of the level of efficiency that he, he can provide there and, and the amount of opportunities he has creating for others. And then Jamal Murray, as we talked about, uh, I'm a believer in him. I think that he's going to have a noticeable jump this year. Uh, we will save that other prediction for later though. Um, second prediction, Denver will play faster. Uh, they were 27th in pace last season. I believe that they're going to be up to 15th to 20th this year uh, in that general range. Like he's, They're not going to be an above-average pace team. Uh, some of the great stuff that they do in the half court, they should continue doing uh, with Paul Millsap in the starting unit. I still expect them to be a little bit slower, and that's perfectly fine. They're, they're a more traditional offense where Jokic can work his magic, but 
the 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 speed boost is going to come from Jeremy Grant in the second unit. Uh, he's going to play a lot with the starters, and when he plays with the starters, I think that they're going to have their best opportunities for offensive success when they run, when they decide, hey, we're going to take advantage of this deer that we just picked up from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, Grant is a great runner. He can space the floor. Uh, he's athletic. He's six foot nine. He's a big target for Nikola Jokic. And I think that there's going to be a lot of transition opportunities or at least a lot more frequent. And then some secondary transition work where Jokic is, cr- is creating some easy looks for guys after, before the defense is quite set, but after the initial fast break stops. Um, third prediction. Denver will be 7th in effective field goal percentage after finishing 15th last year and 6th the year prior. Uh, Obviously, that was a big drop-off last year, uh, going from 6th to 15th. uh, Kind of an elite offensive team, efficiency-wise, to kind of an average team. And and a lot of that had to do with the ever-changing starting lineup. There were lineups last year that featured Jokic, Murray, Torrey Craig, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Mason Plumlee. And, and while that had some success, I just don't think that that was quite sustainable uh, for Denver creating opportunities in the first possession. Uh, the best teams in the NBA are the teams that score the first time down, or at least the best offenses. I was doing this work earlier uh, in terms of the effective field goal percentage of opposing teams. Uh, that's the biggest, uh, I would say, indicator of which teams are great. And so when you look at effective field goal percentage and the ranks for all of these teams, uh, Denver was at 14th this past season, but all 10 of the top 10 offensive rating teams were in the top 14. Denver was actually the worst of those teams. So one of the reasons why I think they're going to be so much better offensively is because I think they're going to be better in generating shots the first time. Uh, it's a massive indicator of which teams are the best in terms of creating the the best possible shots. Uh, Golden State ranked one, Milwaukee ranked two, Toronto ranked three, Houston ranked four. Uh, I think that's definitely a major uh, indicator that Denver, while they are great as an offensive rebounding team, they don't turn the ball over that much, they could certainly benefit from having a situation where they're just making their first shot and doing that as often as possible would certainly help their offensive efficiency. Fourth prediction is that Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray will both average over 20 points per game. Uh, Jokic will finish just barely ahead of that. Uh, was doing some uh, regression and some some predictive analysis in terms of where those guys are going to finish in terms of their, their box score point averages. Uh, my totals came out to Jokic being at 20.6 points per game and Jamal Murray being at 19.9 points per game this year, just kind of based off of growth and kind of linear improvement for those guys. Uh, I think Murray's jump is going to be more noticeable, though, because I think that his efficiency is going to improve. And instead of being at that 19.9 points per game number, it's going to be a little bit higher, probably about 20.3 points per game, 20.4. That would be my expectation, uh, just just something to look out for. And with with his playmaking as well, I'd, I'd say that 
20 points per game, five assists per game. That's a great number for a point guard, especially kind of a, a combo guard in Denver's offense since, since he shares a lot of the playmaking responsibilities with Jokic. And then around a 57, 58% true shooting mark kind of returning to where he was in his second season. Uh, that would be stellar for Denver. I think that they would really benefit from that. And I actually do think that that's going to happen. Uh, with Jokic, I think it's going to be around 20.6 to 20.8 points per game, and his efficiency is going to go up slightly as well. Not as noticeable as Murray, but I think it's going to be better. And then finally, Gary Harris. I think he'll have the best combination of volume and efficiency in his career if he can stay healthy. He's at the point in his career where he's really deciding what kind of player he wants to be, how he can best fill that role for the Denver Nuggets specifically. As it seems, as it stands right now, it looks like Jokic and Murray are going to be the first and second option pretty clearly. That to me says that Gary Harris is probably going to uh, sit into a more third option role, maybe even lower than that, just depending on who else is in the offense. And I think that with a return to uh, Gary Harris's roots of being a, a spot up shooter, a cutter, uh, somebody who is a threat in transition, like a super threat. Uh, that player is an extremely helpful player when it becomes, when it comes to efficiency. One of the reasons why the Milwaukee Bucks were as good as they were, <coughs> excuse me, was Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, his efficiency this past year was unbelievable. He was he shot 50-40-90, uh, was a great help when it came to spacing the floor, but also just generating consistently positive looks. And a lot of that was his work as a cutter. A lot of that was his work as a spot-up shooter. He focused a lot of his offense at the rim and behind the three-point line. And I think that for Denver to improve as much as they do, Gary Harris is going to have to do a lot of the same. He's in a similar position there with, with Murray being the more Eric Bledsoe or Chris Middleton type, uh, kind of as a creative playmaker. Uh, I think Malcolm Brogdon will play it off of that really well in Milwaukee, and that's one of the reasons why they were as great of an offense as they were. Um, with Gary Harris, he's going to, like, he's probably more talented than that, but if Denver is going to be the best team that they can be, I really do think that a return to those roots is what's necessary. Uh, get that three-point percentage back up near 40%, get that uh, two-point percentage up near 50-55. Uh, those things will be super, super valuable for Denver, and that could be the difference between a conference finals appearance or not. So if he can stand into that role and, and be comfortable with that, then I think that the Nuggets have a really good opportunity to have one of the best offenses. Uh, if he reverts back to kind of more of the handoffs with with the floaters and step back mid-rangers or maybe he's taking more of a pick and roll handle uh that's probably not where Denver needs to be even if it's where Gary Harris could improve his own personal game but if the Nuggets decide they want to share ball handling responsibilities with Murray and Harris then maybe that is the best way to go as long as those guys are both competent enough to do it so we will see what happens, but that's going to do it for me today. That's going to do it for Nuggets Numbers. Uh, was a good episode, short episode today. I know there's there's not a lot going on, but just wanted to talk through a lot of the offensive thoughts that I've been having. Uh, I wrote an article last week detailing some of the offensive issues, or actually this was this was this past Monday. So detailing how Denver can be the best offense in the NBA. 
Uh, some of those numbers are really interesting, so make sure to check that out. Uh, lots of new interesting things that are coming into the Denver Stiff Palette, so just keep an eye on the horizon. There's, there's going to be some interesting changes. So I am Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Thank you for tuning into Nuggets Numbers. This is the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network, and I will see you guys in a couple weeks.